There are many injustices in the world. We see it all the time and, and we, we cry for justice. We want justice. We shout for justice. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's a good thing to want justice to have its day. It's a good thing to want justice. In fact, it's a biblical thing. It's a godly thing to want justice. God is just. And in our world, we can see so many injustices. We can see that, that injustices permeate our lives. And we, we cry out for something better. We want to see the wrong people taken down. And we want to see the right people lifted up. This is no more obvious than in an election year as we're in right now. We see that, that you know, depending on what side it is that's shouting for justice, they want the right people in or the wrong people out. And people shout and yell and cry for this justice or injustice, depending on, on what side they're coming from. We see this in our world. And social media has created a platform in which all people can, can yell and, and shout and cry as loud as they want for the particular injustices that they see in the world. And, and people have reached like we've never had before in human history to cry out for justice. And, and so this is just something that we've seen in our world. It's, it's a drumbeat that we hear now and, and continuing and it's building as people are crying out for justice. And on the more personal side, we see that, that there are great injustices. Like we saw in the videos, there are great injustices when somebody loses a child. There are great injustices when, when somebody's wife cheats on them. It's a great injustice when there's a, a medical accident or a medical emergency that just takes you out. It is, in fact, a great injustice that some kind of medical emergency might leave you without a job or with reduced pay, might impact your family, might get you or someone you love ill. That is a great injustice. It's a great injustice to be overworked and put in harm's way over something that you had nothing to do with. That's the world that we're living in right now. And it is true and, and these things are not just that they happen in the world. But I want to tell you a story of another injustice. In fact, where we'll begin in our story happened about 2,000 years ago, shortly after Jesus walked the earth. We have a, a disciple named Philip, and he encounters an Ethiopian eunuch who is riding in his chariot, and he's reading some Old Testament scripture. In fact, he's reading specifically from the book of Isaiah, which we can find in our Bible and, and read even still. And in, in Isaiah, he's reading from chapter 8, verse 32. Uh, Philip encounters him and, and hears that he's reading this passage. And the passage uh, says this, Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. And like a lamb before, it sure is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. Now the Ethiopian was confused about this passage and who it was referring to. And so Philip sits down with him 
And he starts with this passage, and he ends up going through the scriptures explaining that it's talking about Jesus, who had just recently walked the earth, and who had just recently died a terrible death on the cross. And he explains that, that the one who was humiliated, the one who was denied justice, is Jesus and his act on the cross. And he goes on to explain to the, to the Ethiopian what that means, and that, in fact, all of the Old Testament scriptures are pointing forward to Jesus and his life and his death and his burial and his resurrection. And the Ethiopian is, in fact, so moved by this that they stop the carriage and they get out and he's baptized in some water by the side of the road. It's an incredible story of the Ethiopian and it points to an even more incredible story of Jesus and the, the denial of justice. You see, when Jesus went to the cross and when Jesus was crucified and killed for sins, he didn't commit. It was an incredible injustice. And there were many other injustices wrapped up in that event. Uh, I just want to point out a few of them. First of all, that there was a murder plot contrived against an innocent man. That the religious leaders who should have been embracing Jesus and, and celebrating his coming were instead plotting his murder and destruction. That's not just. The fact that Jesus was sold out by a close confidant, somebody that he walked with and spent time with and taught, would sell him out in this murder plot is so unjust. The fact that he, Judas, would go on to betray Jesus with a kiss, that that would be the mark to signify who it was that they should capture and arrest and murder. Think about that. He could have pointed from a distance and said, that's the one, get him. But no, he comes close and he kisses him. How personal, how offensive, how unjust is that to be betrayed by such a close friend? And then we see that Jesus was arrested by an angry mob as if he's a, a robber or some kind of criminal in the dead of night. He was preaching day after day in the temple, but they didn't go after him then because, of course, that would upset people. But they go after him in the middle of the night like a robber. And then when he's arrested in his hour of need, his disciples, the one that hasn't betrayed him already, they run and flee. Not one of them stays by his side in his time of need. That's not right. Jesus was mocked. People spit in his face and they struck him. He was denied by one of his closest friends, even closer than the 12 disciples. There are three of them that are so close, that are dear friends. Peter was amongst that circle and he denied Jesus. Said he didn't even know him three times. That's not right. Jesus was sentenced to death even after the governor found that he was innocent. And he just washes his hand of the situation and walks away, leaving Jesus to that fate. Jesus was whipped, he was beaten, he was crucified and nailed on a cross alongside criminals. It was incredibly unjust that any of that would happen to Jesus. 
Jesus, who was God in the flesh, having never sinned, never done anything wrong, he came to offer life. He came to save people from their sins. And those very same people killed him. That Jesus would die for other people's sins. The perfect spotless one dying in the place of sinners is an incredible injustice. But he did it anyway. And the truth is, we deserve something very different than we often cry out for. We cry out for justice. We want justice to be served, especially when it affects other people's wrongdoings. But when it concerns my wrongdoings, I don't think I often take a realistic view of my position. You see, if I understood what I deserved, I don't know I'd cry out for justice. Romans 3 verse 10 says, None is righteous, no, not one. That means there's, there's nobody that is righteous that can, that can stand up to God's standard. There's, there's no one that is perfect before God. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. That's the reality is that I don't do good. I, I, I am a sinner that has rebelled against God. We all together have, have turned aside, right? The, the Bible also says that the wages of sin is death. So that that I've earned for my sin, for my wrongdoing, for my rebellion against God, the proper wages I'm due is death. But it goes on and it says, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You see, what we deserve is death. Our sin warrants crucifixion. But Jesus steps in and he takes that on himself. It's not right that Jesus would die for me. It's unfair. But in my favor, it's unfair against Jesus. And yet he does it willingly. He does it anyway. My wife and I have this thing. Uh, we, we've done this since since we were newly married, and it's just kind of a reality check, and it's it, we we do it kind of playfully, and it helps keep uh, keep things in check. And um, when one of us starts talking about what we deserve, as, as we can often do, uh, the other one will just f throw out a friendly reminder uh, that 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 may not be entirely true. It, it plays out something like this: I might say, you know, I really think we deserve a new car. You know, we've been driving these old cars for a long time. We've been sacrificing, babying along. We've been saving money. Things are going pretty well right now. We've been working hard. I think we deserve a new car. And my wife will playfully point out, actually, what we deserve is death and eternal hell. But these used cars are pretty good as an alternative. And it's kind of funny. It's kind of weird. And I don't recommend it for every relationship. you got to be on the same page on that. But it, it is a helpful reminder for us. And, and the reality is so true, right? That what we deserve is death. What, what our sin and deeds have warranted is, is justice, but, but justice against us. God does something incredible when he offers something entirely different. The real injustice 
The most incredible injustice is that Jesus would die for my sins. And then that he would offer me life and forgiveness and grace. If we really understood what we deserved, if we really could wrap our heads around our own sin and Jesus' sacrifice, we wouldn't cry out for justice. We would cry out for injustice. We would cry out for the injustice that Jesus took to the cross and that he would make that true in our lives.